0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Real World Productivity Podcast. The title of today's interview is Choose Your Own Adventure. My name is Adam Moody, and today I'm talking with Leanna McGrath about her background in the startup world, the transition to coaching, and the role that productivity has played in all of this. We're going to be covering a lot of areas that I think can help you, so stay tuned, and let's get going. First off, welcome, Leanna. Thanks for uh, getting here. I, it's been a few months with my moving and you having things going on, so I certainly appreciate you making the time.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Anna.
0: Good deal. Well, let's just jump right into it. My first uh, question really is about your background and experience in terms of kind of productivity and organization so that the online entrepreneurs in the audience can maybe understand a little bit more about who you are, where you're coming from, and uh, how, you, how they can relate to you. Um, So would you mind telling us just a little bit about yourself in terms of your background, education, and maybe experience in terms of and kind of in light of productivity, if you will?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I am currently a leadership and career coach. So I work with leaders of organizations, leaders within organizations. Um, And I've been doing that for the last nine months or so. And before that, um, I started out in higher education administration. So I was out in the Bay Area at San Jose State, got my master's degree in uh, educational leadership. And then I was working in higher ed and I met um, a couple of guys who were starting a company in a house in Austin, really focused on student involvement um, on college campuses. So kind of helping students have a great college experience. And that was what I was all about. That was why I was working in higher ed. So I decided to um, leave the university and join uh, the tech startup world. Um, So I was I joined about nine months in. We were working out of a house in Austin. Um, whenever I joined, we got a second house. So we had two houses and built the company, um, moved it to Dallas in 2010, and then built the company up to about 55 employees. Uh, we sold it in 2015 to private equity and then um, and they went through a merger. So um, I just transitioned out of that about nine months ago. So that's kind of my background and gotcha wow wow okay so uh
0: in terms of maybe when you're going to school did you have any um any uh, direct courses on on productivity or organization i'm always curious about curious about this with people and education
1: i didn't you know i'm i in my undergrad and grad programs we didn't have anything specifically focused on that i think though doing it. So when I was in grad school, for example, I was working full time, I, I had two graduate assistantships the first year, and then I worked full time the second year. When I was in undergrad, I had several different jobs, you know, work studies, and, and also um, worked off campus. And so I think that kind of organization and productivity came as a result of having to, you know, find the time to do things. Um, you know, so it, it wasn't like a it wasn't like I was formally trained in it, but the experience itself train me for, you know, doing that in the real world, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, definitely. I I find that that's generally the case is that, you know, maybe somebody was like uh, given a book and a course or something, but yeah, there's certainly no kind of productivity courses or how to do that as opposed to leadership, you know, which general, I actually think there's entire schools based around that. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, that's interesting. So the transition then from, from that, the school, I guess, environment and Mm -hmm. then into a startup that uh, I'm just curious what kind of, uh, I I haven't done that. I haven't been in that uh, kind of an environment. What was that like working with, you know, a handful of people in a garage?
1: (laughs) It was so different and so much fun. Um, I loved higher education and I, and actually our company served the higher education market. So it's a market I'm really passionate about. And, um, you know, in helping students, uh, you know, I just think it's, it's, it's important for our world to, have students have great college experiences, become civically engaged, you know, become involved on campus so they can go out and make a difference in the world. And so I was really excited about doing that on a college campus. But I think um, the challenge that I had with with working in higher ed was just kind of the bureaucracy. I mean, I worked for a state institution in California. um, And then I was in Miami working in an institution there, a private institution. But just things, you know, things took a little bit longer. Um, There were, lots of committees and things like that. So I remember actually when I uh, was in the house in Austin and I sat down with a developer and we were working on a new project and I kind of like, he was just asking me a bunch of questions, you know, how do you see this happening or what should this look like? And I just gave him all these ideas and we just brainstormed. And then the next day he brought me a prototype and I was like, whoa, (laughs) how did this happen? What committee signed off on this? You know, it was just, it was just so different, the pace of things. And I think that was really exciting to me that we could make such a difference so quickly without having to go through, you know, a lot of red tape or, or approvals and things like that. So that was really, I would say, the biggest difference and, and the most fun, you know, the most yeah. fun thing for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, that sounds good. And I do understand that part And a small group, being able to really iterate or, or go through ideas quickly and not ask for permission is really nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess
0: then what's the flip side then? So while you guys were still really small in terms of, you know, do you see things now looking back where like, oh, man, you know, this really, you know, uh, slowed us down or, you know, if we would have had this kind of a structure, it would have been better. Do you, can you relate to that at all? Or do you think like the startup mode is like just the way to go?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say uh two things about that. One is I think, um, you know, as we grew, obviously, as as any company with scale, you, um, you're you're steering a different boat. That's how I kind of think about it. Whenever we were small, and we had just a handful of clients, and they would have a request, we were like, Yeah, let's do it, you know, and and whenever we could could just implement it and it only affected, you know, it's a SaaS company, so um, any change we made affected everybody, but, um, you know, which was great because we could do an improvement and everybody would get that improvement. So that was great, but it was like, you know, driving a speedboat. Whenever we started getting, you know, hundreds and hundreds of, of campuses on board, it was a little bit more challenging because we would make a change and then we would get someone at another, you know, client campus calling us and saying, I don't like that change. <laughs> you know, we don't want that, oh, wow. yeah. um, you know, and so so it really kind of taught us to be a little bit more disciplined in looking at for any change, you know, kind of we use the litmus test of does it um <clears throat> is this going to make a positive impact for at least 80% of our campuses? And so, you know, that was kind of how we how we would gauge what what updates we made and things like that. But yeah, I would say, you know, it also, <laughs> if we made a change before, it was like call up 10 people and tell them about it. And then, you know, it was like, it, whenever you started to make changes in the software later on or in processes or anything, it was training the internal team and then training your customers. And, and it was just, you know, it just took a little bit longer. So I kind of equate that with like, you know, just it started to get to be a bigger boat and there was a bigger wake, um, you know, because it just impacted more people. So well, I think,
0: you yeah, know,
1: go ahead. Yeah, I, well, I was just going to say, I think that's something that we, we definitely learned as we grew. I think the other thing, um, that we learned that was really important to learn was there are always so many opportunities and rabbit holes to, to go down mm-hmm. um, that we, um, you know, we, we learned that it was really important to stay focused on our core mission. And, and you know, I think that in terms of productivity, in terms of um, building a successful company, that's a huge very, very hugely important factor is to um, stay connected. And honestly, at some sometimes you have to kind of put your head down and ignore all the rest because we had so many cool opportunities and so many cool things we could have done. You know, we looked into other markets, we looked into all kinds of affiliate partnerships and things like that. And at the end of the day, you know, we had to always come back to the question, how does this impact our core mission? Does this get us closer or is it gonna be a distraction? And most of the time it was, you know, it was a distraction. And so we would have to really have the discipline to um, cut out anything that didn't drive us closer to to our core mission.
0: Well, this hits really close to home for me. I'm going through uh, with business I'm part owner of right now, we're going through and really defining a lot of these things.
1: Yeah. And so I'm
0: curious, how did you guys do this? Because focus is so important. I think there's a whole nother subject of like, what I, I guess I would say nowadays, but it's never gonna stop where there's more distractions and, and the ability to stay focused is, I think even more highly valued um, now, but with, without just raw discipline, like what kind of things did you guys actually do to make sure that you stayed focused on your core mission?
1: Well, I'm not going to say we did it perfectly because there were certainly times where we would try something out and realize we had just wasted a bunch of time. (laughs) I don't know that anyone does it perfectly, but I think, you know, you start to learn over time and, and, and after those hard learned lessons of, you know, time wasted where you could have been doing something else, then, you know, you, you learn, Hey, you know, kind of what, what to focus on and what not to focus on. Every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And so I think that's a good litmus test question to ask. Um, if we say yes to this, what are we going to have to cut? Um, because I think in the startup world, you know, we always think we can do everything. And we're like, no, 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 we'll just add more. We'll just add more. It'll be fine. And we'll just make it all happen. Um, we're all really hard workers. We'll just work more. But at the end of the day, you can only do so much, and your customers can only stay, understand so much, or you know, take in so much, and, and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it was really just, um, again, you know, being pretty clear on what's our core mission, who are we trying to serve? Like, who are the most important people that we're serving right now, and uh, and what do we want to do for them? You know, what's our purpose? Why are we here? Why did we create this company in the first place? And and you know, where do we want to take it? And and really just kind of bringing it back to that, I think. It's obviously now. So now I'm solopreneuring at the moment, um, and and that's a lot different um, than whenever you have a group of people who can kind of keep you keep each other in check, right? And um, so it, it both of them have have pros and cons. But I think in the entrepreneur world, whenever you've got a team of people, you know you've got, you're going to have some people who are like really passionate about this idea and want to go down this rabbit hole because something I they're really interested in. And then we've got other people who are going to you know fight against that. So I think that friction and that tension is really good because it helps you, um, to really vet everything before, you know, before just jumping into something.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, topics there. I'm not, I'm going to do my best to also stay focused because there's so many good things to talk about, but I'm going to skip ahead. Cause I actually had this written down. This is one of the last questions I wanted to ask you, but I think it's yeah. really, um, pertains to what we're discussing. So what, what have you found then to be the biggest challenge in terms of staying focused now that you're working for yourself?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. It it can be a challenge for sure because I think, um, you know, it's a lot it's a lot easier to just follow the things that you know feel good to me rather than having like someone else to um, bounce that off of. So I think I still you know you know I still have lots of friends from my startup experience. So sometimes I'll I'll call them up and you know and they're all kind of onto their next startup. So we'll kind of use each other. So I think having those um networks and support groups to kind of run ideas by sometimes can be really helpful. Um, but for me, kind of, you know, I think everybody approaches productivity a little bit different and different things are going to work for them. For me personally, it's really asking myself who am I serving? What am I trying to do for them? You know, what's my purpose? And then aligning everything I do with that. So, you know, when I wake up in the morning, it's, you know, it's like looking at my day. I always look at my day. I kind of, I'm like a, I always have everything mapped out on my calendar of what how I'm going to spend my day and and then I just kind of, you know, look and see like is this thing that I'm going to do How much closer am I am I going to get to my purpose or you know is this is this in a different direction and if so I might deprioritize it and and move something else is there something else I need to do today That's going to get me closer than this other thing that I was thinking about doing so, you know I think it's just kind of having the discipline to keep asking yourself Mm -hmm. that question um, and and keep like looking at things and really scrutinizing like how am I spending my time And, and making a conscious choice about how we spend our time and how much closer it gets us to our our mission and purpose.
0: Well, it makes sense to me, I'm 100% on board. I'm just curious, like tactically wise, is this something that you, do you do this like once a week, once a uh, month, to quarter, do you have reminders? I'm just curious for, and for other people, I, and I do agree with you, everyone does it differently, but how, how do you go about making sure that you actually do this stuff?
1: Yeah, so there's, I mean, I'd love to say that I do it every morning, that's the goal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a- aim high.
1: right? Meditate and then, and then, and then do this. Yes. Um, You know, but I would say probably on the days where I've got a lot of things scheduled, um, you know, those are probably the days that I'm a little bit less um, in tune with it, where, where I'm kind of going through all the things that I've got on my calendar. I really try to be especially intentional on about it on you know, work days, like, like Mm -hmm. days where I'm doing project work and things like that. So like, I mean, I will literally, you know, write on my whiteboard, like, what's the one thing I need to do today. And that's, that's kind of a good test for me, because it's like, let's cut all the other stuff away. Because I've got a notebook with, you know, I'm, I'm old school in terms of writing down my task list. So I have to write it with a box and like physically check it off. Um, And so, you know, but there are a million things in that notebook, and I could do, um I could, I could spend all day checking things off and not be as close, you know, like a whole lot closer as, as I would be if I do the one most important thing. So yeah, just kind of asking that question. And then I think the other thing for me that, that I always try to do is um, just being present. And um, you know, if I do find myself off track, if I do find myself down a, you know, google search (laughs) rabbit hole read a research rabbit hole cat video whatever it might be um just checking in with myself and saying you know is this how i want to be spending my time right now like you know because i think if i'm making a conscious decision to say yes like this research is important and and this is going to get me closer to my goals then great then, then i'm on track and and if not then the next question becomes all right well how should i be spending my time instead and then i can make that choice but i think it's just about kind of making the choice of how we spend our time. And so that's kind of, for me, that's just what I try to do as a reminder to myself, just to kind of be present and check in with myself um, of, you know, what, what am I doing right now? And how is it moving me closer to my, you know, achieving my goals? Definitely.
0: No, I totally agree. And that uh, morning kind of review and scheduling is something I definitely do. And um, the, the non-work days, I'll say whether it's vacation or travel, like those have been challenging for me, but i found that if I just keep um, some sort of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not schedule, but just keep that routine like of checking plan. in with myself. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, it could be literally one minute, but just right. taking that minute and being like, you know, did I schedule a call today? Do I have something I absolutely have to do? And just really building that, uh, that habit muscle for that has just been so valuable for me.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I would also say that the other thing is, um, just kind of staying in a high vibe zone. So, you know, listening to podcasts, reading, just taking a little bit of time. Um, I love listening to those podcasts that really like, you know, kind of keep me in the zone or remind me there are other people out there doing what I'm doing. There are other people out there, you know, who are thinking about these things and, um, and, and, you know, where I learn something to maybe apply. I, I just love that. And, and that kind of keeps me in that, you know, in, in the ability to kind of keep up my routine and, and, and keep the discipline, um, you know, check in with myself and stay self-aware about how I'm spending my time.
0: Definitely. Uh, well, I, I'm going to circle back. Hopefully this yeah. doesn't end up being too weird, time, like chronologically. <laughs> but I was also curious because we we started with um, talking about startup growth and then kind of segue. But with the growth, uh, how did you handle like the change growing from, I, I might have this wrong, but I thought you said like it was nine or 10 people and then grew to over 50. Mm-hmm. So how did you grow with like, uh, as far as? Uh, you know, obviously productivity, but organization and management in terms of, you know, that's a big change to have a five to six time growth in, in terms of people to deal with.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was... um a really important lesson and that's actually where I focus a lot of my coaching on is is in that growth phase you know in, in working with folks um, there because it, it's one thing whenever you're having to manage your own productivity it's a totally another uh, you know and a whole nother thing whenever you're managing the productivity of a team and um, making sure that like not only do you get your stuff done but everybody around you gets their stuff done too. and so you know I, again I mean I think it's making sure that everybody's clear about the mission and vision and purpose and a Aligned with that, and having conversations about it, and honestly, and and when I'm saying mission, vision, purpose, I'm not saying like the thing that you write on the wall. Not that that's not important, but I think just talking about you know why are we here, like talking about the customers constantly, and and the impact that you're having on them, and you know the impact that you're having in the world. Um, I think that really, especially the people that you attract early on, um, you know, in the first maybe twenty so twenty or so people. Um, it's really kind of repeating that and talking about that on a regular basis, I think keeps everybody in that high vibe zone and really um, keeps people wanting to be productive and, and wanting to get things done for, for the company. Because obviously as an entrepreneur, you don't have time to like stand over people and make sure they get things done. So it's, you know, how do we make sure that everybody's on the same page to, um, and knows which direction we're going and, and buys into that. Gotcha. Um uh, yeah, so I think that that's really important at every stage of growth. Um, you know, how just- would you actually
0: uh, implement that? Because I do get that question a lot. I'm curious, I've managed at small teams, mm-hmm. uh, but here's how you do that in terms of: Do you do, would you do like weekly check-in, kind of have like a stand-up a couple times a week, or would it be just something different?
1: I mean, I, I think it depends on the team, honestly. <laughs> I think it depends on the individuals. It depends on how you know what point you are in your growth. Um, one of the things that we did we had um, when we were in the houses, we had team lunch every week and we would just do updates you know um, in what's going on what what are, what's the team developing? What, you know what sales running into? what's what are our customers saying? you know what kinds of things do we need for marketing and just kind of going through it together as a team. as you grow, um, you know, it, it, it that dynamic changes, of course. So, you know, once we moved into an office and we had a bigger team, we started doing it biweekly and it was um, a little bit more like updates and then also a lot of times, you know, feedback um, kind of thing. So I think just keeping everybody on the same page, um, one of the most important things that I would say in terms of growth is communication. Um, And one of the the books I always, always recommend to leaders is um, the book Crucial Conversations, because um, there's just, I mean, I just think constant communication, um, you know, deciding what level of transparency you're going to have with the team, and then um, communicating that and honoring that on an ongoing basis. You know it's just really really important but honestly the open communication and the two-way feedback um, is going to be probably the most crucial thing in my opinion um, as you're growing so that you can understand um, as a leader, how how are we impacting the organization? How you know how are how's our team feeling about where we're at, and how excited are they about what we're doing? Um, and the team can let you know how you're doing as a leader, you know. And um, and actually, I'm not really that clear anymore. I used to be, and I'm not. Okay, great. But you know, like let's figure out what we need to do there. So I think it's just an, an ongoing conversation amongst the team. Good
0: deal. And I, I, is that something you help uh, teams with as far mm-hmm. as like? Okay, yeah, because I found communication to be so critical. I mean, this is like Captain Obvious speaking, but it's it's so important and it's so obviously it's overlooked sometimes. It's just, Mm -hmm. uh, it's another meeting and it's like, yes, meetings can be awful, but it's also people have to talk. You've got to communicate. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I think whenever you're small, you just kind of assume like everybody was in the conversation, you don't have to like repeat it again. But then as you grow, not everybody's going to be in every conversation. It's going to be really important to, you know, document and share out and, Um, decide when you want two-way feedback, what you want, you know, what you want that on, how you're going to conduct it, and that kind of thing, you know, it's, it's just, you know, being a little bit more intentional as you grow, um, of making sure that you're sharing information, and, and, you know, opening lines of communication, and asking for feedback, you know, that's something, whenever you're small, like, you're constantly giving each other feedback, usually, right, like, you're challenging each other, you're telling someone when they messed up, they're telling you when you messed up, but as you start growing, that doesn't, always naturally happen without kind of starting to put you know to, to put some structures in place or ask for it so you know i think just continuing to focus on it and and be intentional about what um you know what kind of environment you want to create and and how you want to communicate with your team is really important
0: definitely well Time flies. I've got to wrap it up here with like one more question. But this is good because whoever's listening, uh, Leanna will be back, as, assuming she'll she'll actually come back. <laughs> we have touched on a lot of really good uh, subjects today. So uh, you recommended. I, tell me if I got the name right. Crucial connections. Crucial or conversations. conversations. That's yes. right. Yes. So but, so I've got that written down, and I'll have the link in the show notes for everyone. But what. What one book do you recommend? Or I'll let you off the hook. What one to three books do you recommend the most people of? Any anything goes.
1: Yeah. Um, So I would say I find myself constantly recommending Crucial Conversations to leaders. I'm constantly recommending You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero, especially to women, but really to anyone. And that's just really about connecting with your purpose and and moving forward in the directions of your dreams. Um, it, it's just like it's when I say high vibe um, mm-hmm. thing in that that mindset. That's something that like if I'm feel if I'm starting to feel demotivated or anything like that, I'll just I'll just listen to it. I, I love audiobooks where the author reads the book because I feel like they're reading it to me. And so I love I love that one in the audiobook. The other um, kind of practical one in terms of productivity um, is 168 hours so there are 168 hours in a week and it's by laura vander Vanderkem, i think her name is and um it is a really great book in terms of creating awareness around how you spend your time and so um i i really enjoyed that one for productivity specifically
0: awesome well i have all of these in the show notes for everybody i'm actually looking forward to a couple of these especially crucial conversations i haven't heard of that and definitely that's something I need to personally work on. So I'll be doing a book review of that soon. So first of all, thank you so much for the interview. Um, I really appreciate you sharing all the information. Like I said, we'd love to have you back on here. Um, But where can people go to find out some more about you and, and what you're working on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you can go to my website, www.coachliana.com. Uh, that has all my contact info, a little bit about me and some of my different services and programs. Um, you'll find that all there, or you can also find me on LinkedIn, Leanna Lasky-McGrath.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Leanna.
1: All right. Thanks so much, Adam. It's fun.
0: And thanks to you for listening to this podcast episode today. It can be really beneficial to hear about how others approach productivity, organization, and optimizing their business and life. And if you're interested in taking your productivity and efficiency up a few notches, head to wwwproductivityacademy start. You'll find my Productivity Academy guidebook, which I recommend for all listeners who want to improve their lives and know that there are better ways to getting where they want to go. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.